0: Hey, listeners, this is Dr. Shantae, and usually these episodes don't come with a disclaimer, but I have to give you one for this episode. So my guest for this episode, things started off real mellow and chill, and I'm telling y'all, by the time we got to the end of this episode, for the first time in my podcasting life, I was ready to run off this microphone and just grab my tambourine and just shout all up and through this condo, (laughs) It was wild. And so I'm telling you that so that if you are operating heavy machinery, if you own the treadmill, if you're driving the car, you know, you might have to pull over because it, this is an episode that, that really builds. um, And I'm not overselling it. uh, Just such a powerful, powerful way to end the episode uh, with our guest uh, Reverend Naomi Mitchell today. And if you have not yet, the doors are still open to sign up for the Confidence Seminar Series. And I think, honestly, by the end of this episode, you will be uh, running, not walking, over to readytobelieve.com so that you can grab your spot. Uh, those spaces are available for $40. And we will be meeting December 7th, December 9th, December 11th. It's going to be a really great session. So I hope you don't miss it and enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. This is the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God, living well. And I am your host, Dr. Shantae, as I provide series-based content to help you figure out how to do just that. And so if you've been listening, if you've been keeping up, then you are know, know that we are in the Confidence series, and we are going to end that series with a very special guest, Reverend Naomi Mitchell, who is one of the first Black women that I encountered from the pulpit that had a background in counseling and psychology and it just brought like she's kind of like the living embodiment of what this podcast is all about and so i was so excited to bring her to our episode for this series and her and her husband they have they specialize in marriages and families they have a company called the marriage investors so for those of you listening and things are raggedy in your marriage i suggest you give them a call and a shout out i will certainly put their information in the notes
1: but without further ado welcome reverend naomi well thank you my sister god bless you i appreciate you having me today (laughs) what a blessing it is and thank you for the compliment wow
0: (laughs) yes um i can i can pay you another one reverend naomi can pray y'all so you know how like y'all ask people to like pray for you and folks be like i'm gonna be praying for you like no she wanted them ones that like by the time she hit the amen you didn't felt it in your back and your shundle, you're like I, I felt yes i receive it,
1: Jesus, I receive it. <laughs> Hallelujah.
0: So that is, that is a blessing to be able to know how to pray. So without further ado, you've had an opportunity to listen to uh, some pieces of the, of the, the confidence series and, and what we've been talking about. So how about we start there? What is something that just kind of stood out to you as we've been talking about confidence and faith and belief and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, no, I think what stood out to me um, is one, the importance of, of knowing thyself in standing in your own power and that power that is given to, to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, those of us who are believers, you know, I think that we limit ourselves sometimes because we expect that God will do everything, you know, Uh, and Mm -hmm, then uh, and that God doesn't give us power. I loved it when you were saying how, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we are okay with God being our uh, savior and but when it comes to God being our Lord, we have a totally different um Take them, yeah. like <laughs> needle scratch on the record. Like what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> exactly. But but in that um, God being our Lord, God does you know God Spirit is a perf- perfect uh, gentleman. Like you said, God stands at the door and knock and doesn't force us. We're not like puppets on a string, and so we are volitional beings. You know, people of choice. So we have a choice. Uh, but then God empowers us to do all the things that God calls for us to do and then gives us the authority to do it right, um, and so I love the fact that you know we cannot hide behind, you know, oh, if it's God's will, or we cannot hide behind, you know, does God, you know, is it God's permissive will or is it God's perfect will? You know, we have choice, but we have choice based on knowledge the knowledge of God, yes, the knowledge of God's scripture and God's word, but then we have to choose. I hope I'm doing it some justice. There was some, oh, very- yeah, oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lessons, you know, the ones that I was able to hear and I can't wait to go back. I was encouraged. My son and I were listening to it together, but, but it encouraged my heart. Yes.
0: So I want to touch on something that you said specifically because that piece about, you know, hiding behind God's will, because that's a real churchy saying, right? That's a real churchified, well, you know, if the Lord's will, you know, or or the Lord's will be done, or you find yourself in a situation like, well, this is what the Lord's will is. And that is challenging for a lot of people because it's like, this could not possibly be what the Lord's will is. And what I've always taken away from that is this may not be what God has intended, but this is what God permitted. And because he permitted it, he can certainly use it, whatever it is to turn that thing around, you know, a la Romans 8 and 28, you know, so that it will ultimately accomplish some good. So, so how do you address people in that when they're like you said, just kind of like standing behind, well, I guess it's not the Lord's will for me to do this. And so that's that. How do you reconcile that difference, especially when you're talking about things like faith and works? And I think the works come from the choice,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One of my former pastors used to always say, sometimes we have to examine the situation make the choice and let the chips fall where they may. Because sometimes we can be paralyzed in the, and I'm guilty of this, in the analysis piece. You know, it's like, well, does God want, want me to do that or doesn't he? Uh What we, you know, we only have a certain amount of information and that's why we are people of faith, right? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Not seen, yes. Yeah. Well, I- And so what that means is that we have to do a portion of whatever decision we make without seeing it in the natural, but seeing it in the spiritual, believing it. It's the substance of things hopeful. We have to go on our hope right? So I'm hoping that this will turn out right. And so I'm just going to make the decision and move in faith. And that which I don't know and don't understand, I'll trust that God will step in and steer me back on the path if I happen to get off. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: When I look at the at faith or confidence or belief or what have you, the opposite of that is fear. Mm-hmm. And given your background in counseling and things like that, because Here's what I've, I've I've learned and and as you heard in the series this is what kind of brought me here in the first place is that you know after coaching people to try to build brands and businesses and things like that what always seemed to to be missing was the confident execution it's like I know what to do I have the the recipe in front of me but in terms of like just being bold enough to like really just put myself out there that's where things just kind of dissolve and fizzle and so from your perspective where does that that fear or that lack of confidence you know what are some common places where that comes from
1: so a couple of different places. I think that we are not aware of how our upbringing impacts our current living, our current relationships, even our relationship with ourselves. Mm. And so self-awareness, you know, is key. And I think that part of that is could be issues with attachment. You say, where does it come from as a child? If those resources were not made available to us, if that support wasn't there, then we learn not to trust ourselves or maybe even we had a parent who told us you'll never be able to do it or why would you try that? So then we don't have that confidence in ourselves because of our upbringing.
0: You said a mouthful and what jumps out the most, um, I wrote this down as you were talking, is the gaps of support. Yeah. So when they're when you in your formative years, you know, you don't have that support, and sometimes that comes in very subtle ways, uh, things like children should be seen and not heard. In other words, your voice is not valid here. You go somewhere and sit down or get out of grown folks' business, planning that seed that you're an inconvenience or you're a bother, or Absolutely what you have to bring to the table is not recognized in this place. And if these are the people that love you and these are your first teachers and things like that, then that can carry itself well into adulthood. And I, which is, you know, y'all, I'm a big advocate of therapy. I honest to God, I feel like everybody needs therapy. Um, Mm-hmm. but it's it's one of those things where you have to start examining those patterns and saying why is it every time I get up to you know to execute it every time I get up to you know where I'm supposed to you know make the leap, I just don't seem to be able to to do that. And what is the pattern what is the the message that kind of keeps cropping up? Um,
1: that's prevented me from going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's absolutely good. And because when you say that, that, that is for my generation, those things that I hear even in my own mind and in my own head, and I have to continue to challenge myself one of the things you talked about, taking those thoughts into captivity and casting them down. Yes. Um, because this is part of what we were taught as a generation, children are to be seen and not heard, that our voices didn't matter. And I'm still challenged with that today. So even as I raise my own children, I raised my children. One of the things that I said was that I would always raise my children to, to know that they are respected, that their voices matter. Um, mm. that I remembered, uh, you know, we believed in our family and corporal punishment and we would get whipped with everything from an extension cord to a switch to whatever was on hot the-
0: wheel racetrack, uh, paint, stirrup. Uh, yeah. Yes. All of that,
1: all right. of that. And in fact, they would make us go and get our own, uh, switch off the tree. To whoop us with, you know, and so we, we laugh about those things. And I know people still believe in that, but I remember the last time that I whooped one of my children and I said, I wouldn't do it anymore. I remembered the way that they were running from me. And I said, what? I looked at them and I said, what is this about? Why, why am I doing this? What is this? What, what am I teaching them? So I, at that moment, I called them all to the room, my husband and I, and we were like, look, you are responsible for your own actions there are consequences to your actions. So this is where you build confidence right? There are consequences to your own actions. And you have all of the resources that you, you know, the difference between right and wrong. You know what the consequences will be if you make this decision or that there will be consequences. And so I'm going to allow you, give you enough room to make decisions. And then you know that you will, but I'm not going to use corporal punishment anymore to discipline you. And so that build confidence in their ability to make the right decision or to make a decision based upon the information that they have. And then we sit down and have a conversation with them and say, okay, so here's where you went wrong or here's where you did the right thing. So that made them be more confident in their ability to make a decision, confident in who they were as as a child, confident in knowing that their parents would be there to redirect them in a way that, that they didn't have to fear being spanked or fear of failure, but that they could fail. And then they, we would be there to redirect them. And then that they knew the consequences were there as well. So they were more careful about their decision, which made them more confident. Because if they failed, you know, we weren't there to just oppress them further or, you know, beat the truth into them or, or, right. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so I think that's part of of the upbringing and the the building of confidence as well.
0: Not only the building of confidence, but the building of character, you know? And I know some people will push back on that because yes, I did grow up in that era of, you know, we got whoopings. Other generations will push back on that. Like, now, you know, you need to whoop the kids. You need to beat the kids. You know, the Bible says, uh, don't spare the rod. But I will tell you this, As a believer, as a Christian, I I truly believe the rod comes in many forms, okay? It it don't just come in in the physical form because if you think about every time that you've sinned or that you've walked out of alignment with God's will, didn't no belt from heaven just come out, you know, (laughs) out the sky, you know, and get you right then. But then when things in your life start to crumble or things in your life start to, you know, you start to hit one brick wall after another, or, you know, you experience the consequences. You know, you think about David. David, David, you know, was out there, but, and did he experience the consequences? Yes. He was like, the sword is never going to leave your house. Your children are going to be at odds and things like that. So the rod Mm -hmm. y'all in many (laughs) forms and, and it's, it's very much to what you said. It is correction slash slash redirection. It's like, let's, Let's rethink this. Let's let's consider what are going to be the, the consequences of the fallout. And this is where I want to tie it back to the confidence aspect. When you don't do what God has called you to do, okay, when you don't have the confidence, you know, God said, go, left, mm-hmm. and you like, mm, but what's going to be there? Or, mm, but that's not what I had in mind. Or, mm, that don't quite line up with what I thought I was going to be doing this year. When you do that, when you don't have the confidence to do what God has called you to do, there's consequences then too. Absolutely. You know, and a lot of choices that we make when and we see the red flags, we tend to ignore those. But when we don't even have the confidence to hear God's voice and mm-hmm. act on what God says, then that cripples us for so many other
1: things in the future. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. And, and I think that the conversation that we're having about with our children and as it relates to being children of God. God doesn't like we are not puppets on a string. And I and I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that God gives me room to make decisions and choices based on the information that I have. That means that I have to spend be spend time in relationship mm. with God understanding and, that, and, and I think that God's will, God's word is God's will. So we have that much information if we know God's word, if we study God's word, and we do have that much information and we can make decisions based upon God's word. And then we know that if we're in relationship, then that is God's uh, will for us. And that, you know, we understand God's character, right? And then the more that we spend time with God, then we begin to mirror And that's another psychological term, mirroring God the same way that, um, that we either mirror our parents, mirror the situations that we had growing up, you know, um, those types of things. I think that that's where, again, confidence comes.
0: Not to mention the fact that a lot of, so most of my listeners are believers. They've been walking with, you know, the Lord for some amount of time, some longer than others, of course, but I, I will say this, listeners just because you might have a long relationship with the Lord doesn't mean that you're any further along in your spiritual growth. It's one thing to walk and it's something else to grow. Okay. And what uh, Reverend Naomi is talking about is that knowledge of the, that, that relationship building, it really, a lot of it comes out of the word. She said, you can find his will in the word. And as you said that I jumped straight to first John. So I'm going to read this to you and I, I want you to go ahead and put your Put your stank on it. Um, it is first john 514 and it says, and this is the confidence that we have before him. If we ask anything, according to his will, he hears us and if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we already possess what we have asked of him now before I let you loose, a lot of people will take that scripture and run. I asked for that Lamborghini. I asked for that million dollars. I asked for that, that spouse that makes a certain amount and live in a certain neighborhood and da, 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 dah, And I, and from where I sit, that's a misappropriation. That's a misapplication of that scripture. And so, but it does speak to the
1: confidence that we can have. So can you break that down for mm-hmm. us? so when i think about you know that and i think it's important because one of the things that i've learned along the way is being young in christ i would ask for certain things like that car you know and so sometimes god will grant that because god was growing my faith but as i grew in christ matured then god wasn't so readily going to give me those things it required more of me i think what god was doing was building my faith and knowing that okay so i could ask for things and god would do it but that was as a baby it's like the baby knows that if god if if the baby says um bottle you know i want a bottle i would bring the bottle you know but as the baby was old enough to go and get the bottle the baby can get the himself or oh, the sippy right. cup right oh, right, right. <laughs> you, you know then i'm not just getting ready to just readily get up and give the baby the bottle because i wanted the baby to know that you have the ability to do things on your own and so mm. i'm going to be re- you know there so so then when you talk about having this confidence whatever i ask in god's will god would do it for me then there's another scripture that says um you know um Help me, Holy Spirit. It talks about, and I had it when you were talking about it. But the reason you don't receive it is because we ask a James, because we ask yes. amiss. Yes, you well, have I'm not good. because you you ask not. I, yes, I, I, thank you. You have not because you ask not, and so. But then it says, then when you ask, you ask it amiss, which means that you ask for things haphazardly, like with like, wrong motives, right? A Lamborghini, or what? You're like, what do you want? I remember when I prayed for my first cup. And the Holy Spirit asked me at the time, what do you want it for? And at the time I remembered that, you know, I would see people, a mother and a baby on the bus stop. I don't advise you to do this now, but, and I would, my heart would go out to them and I'm like, God, if I had a, a car, I would probably pick that mother up. Cause I see it with three bags and a baby and, uh, in the arm and then one on the, you know, and I'm like, she is really struggling. And so asking amiss would be, I just want the car for whatever reason, but asking for a purpose is God, I want to use this thing to glorify you in the earth. I want to mm. use this thing to, to do your will in the earth. You know, what do you want it for? You know, and that God will give us some things that we want, you know, the desires of our heart, but, uh, the closer we become to God, then our desire becomes God's desires, you Woo! know? Uh, that was a mature uh, path for me. Like that was a level of growth that I had to understand. You know, first I was asking those things like that for, for myself, but then I realized, God, I don't want what you don't want for me. I want what you want for me. So, so then my desires, that scripture is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, the like thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. And so uh, I began, you know, that scripture was like, God, you said you would give me the desires, but 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 the closer I became to God, the more I began to desire the things that God wanted for me. Because sometimes the things I desired was bad for me. It mm. didn't work out the way that when I desired him. <laughs> I I I desired this person, you know, and I thought, but God's satellite vision saw something greater. And so then when, once I began to get into this relationship and realize that this wasn't the thing that I needed, I, I step back and say, God, I want what you desire for me because you have the ability to see where this path is going or what this person's, this, my relationship with this person will lead me to. So God, the desires, uh, my desire is for you and for your will. <sighs>
0: My little pen couldn't write fast enough. I'm just, cause you dropped so many gems. You dropped so many gems right now. And I just want to walk through some of the, the big things uh, that you just said specifically. And I talked about this um, on my other podcast. So, you know, it's, it's so funny uh, listeners how I'm always directing you back to uh, Believe in Bigger because <laughs> it's some gem episodes over there. But one of the things is, Sometimes we make God's will so complicated, right? Like, well, Lord, what do you want for my life? And Jesus makes it very plain. I mean, as plain as plain can be. He said, love God with all your heart, all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor like you love yourself. Yeah. Period. Full stop. Exclamation point. (laughs) That's it. So what what does the Lord want for you to love him? And for you to love people yeah that is that's the whole kit and caboodle it's Mm -hmm. not am i supposed to cure cancer am i supposed to you know feed children in a starving land you could do those things i mean because certainly those things fall up underneath the purview of, of of loving people in that way but to your point when you say we ask for things and we get disappointed and we lose faith in God because we're not getting, you know, cause we, sometimes we treat them like a genie in the bottle and it's like, okay, I rubbed, I put my, my, my money in the, in the plate, you know, so where's my press down shaking together? Like when I'm gonna get my return on my investment, so to speak. And he said, what you asking for? That's right. The, that's the case. Like, what are you asking for? Are you asking for you? Mm-hmm. Or are you asking because this is, your, whatever I'm going to give is going to allow you to meet the, the conditions of my will, which is yeah. either love for me yeah. or love for other people. And mm-hmm. a lot of times what we ask is so self-directed and so self-centered and we get bogged down into things like, man, I thought by the time I turned this age, I mm-hmm. would have had this and I would have done that and I would have, but that's a conversation about you. That's not a conversation about Mm -hmm. loving God or loving other people. Something else that you said here, which is the key, this is it y'all, delight yourself Mm -hmm. in the Lord, Mm -hmm. not in the Facebook, not in Mm -hmm. the Snapchat, not in the YouTube or the TikTok or the Instagram, because truth be told, I mean, if we just gonna be dirt honest, because we are social creatures okay <laughs> hardwired to be social social creatures whether you were introvert extrovert it doesn't matter we are social creatures yeah. and when we see people in our lives getting this or getting that or acquiring this or acquiring that because that's all people ever post on these platforms is all of the great and wonderful things that are happening in their lives not talking about you know the rough times not talking about the 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 rough patches or the um struggles or the none of that okay not talking about any of those things and so when we start because all social media is is a curation basically i've i've cherry picked. I've hand selected certain pieces of my story that I want to share and studies have shown there's a direct correlation to higher levels of depression when social media really started to boom. And so a lot of times what we ask for or what we think we deserve or what, you know, we really desperately want isn't coming from a place of delight in the Lord. It's coming from a place of envy and lack and scarcity and deficiency and until we get honest about not only what we want but really why do we want it we cannot be able to scratch the surface of confidence
1: right oh my god yeah and it's so funny because I was thinking I was thinking and I couldn't remember the quote that says uh comparison is the thief of joy
0: it really is
1: (laughs) right because when we look at these, you know, social media and all these things, we begin to compare what these people have, like you said, and it's curated, Um, you know, we begin to look at that and say, well, what we don't have, or like you said, I thought we should have been able to have, or why can't I? Uh, But knowing that your life has, God has plans for your life. In fact, the scripture says that God has already planned your um, end from the beginning. Yes. And if we mean, hear that scripture, God has already planned your end from the beginning. That whole pro video, that provision, God has made provision. That's pro video. Seeing like God has already peeped your video, seeing your video, you know, right? Long before you even were here. I mean, people don't believe in um, predestination. You know, and that's, you know,
0: that's,
1: you know, but I believe that God has already walked out my steps. God already knows that doesn't, that doesn't take away the fact that I have choice because I still can choose what I choose, but God, just like in my husband, you know, God, there were several options. Oh, well,
0: make it plain. She said, first of all. (laughs)
1: God didn't say, you know, choose him, but what God did was open up my eyes to see. So this brother right here has this, this, and this, you know, revealed to me all kind of stuff. This brother right here, this, this, and this, this brother right here. So you choose. Yes. You know, yes. and so we have, you know, options and we can be confident in our choice. And yes, God may, you know, let me know, Uh, That, that, that this choice was a good choice because God showed me the things that I needed to see and, you know, and that this was okay. I have made so many bad choices in relationships prior to that. And so if we are, if we do make a a mistake, God is able to redirect us and it's okay if we fail, if we fall down, if we make, that's not the end of the world. Mm. there's so much I want to say in that, but, but comparison is the thief of joy. You look at other people's life. I have looked up on this thing, the, the definition of confidence, where it says the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something or something. And it's firm trust. My confidence is not just in myself or my ability to make a choice. My confidence is in the choice that I have made in trusting God.
0: Yes.
1: Full confidence in knowing that, that I am a child of God and that the choices that I make are based upon my relationship with God, the word that I know of God and those mistakes that I make. I have confidence in knowing that God is not gonna strike me dead, that God is not, you know, but God will redirect me. Even when I've made the wrong choices. Hallelujah. I'm glad about that thing, girl. Yes, I- ma'am.
0: Y'all, I had to put because you know we on Zoom right now. I had to put my mute button on because I'm telling you, if I had a tamarind in my hand right now, I would shake it. Jesus, I would shake it. Listen, let me t- actually you know what i'm glad you said that, because I know somebody listening, whether they listen this week or a, a three years from now is going to need to hear this testimony. So one of the things that I admire about Naomi and her husband, and they have, have given this testimony before is that. They, even after pressure from family and friends, when you gonna get married? When you gonna get married? When you gonna settle down? When you gonna get married? They were not, you know, these high school sweethearts. They were not these up and coming, you know, millennial 20 something somethings. No, Reverend, how old were y'all when y'all finally decided y'all was gonna turn that corner?
1: I know, right? So I was 38 and my husband was 32.
0: Y'all hear that? So (laughs) you can almost feel the palpable like longing and desperation, you know, when you come to a certain age of life and you start thinking that, you know, your options are drying up and your clock is ticking. And ladies, let me listen to what I'm trying to tell you. She said they got married when she was 38. every medical doctor i've ever spoken to every friend that i know that has ever struggled with fertility has called if you once you get past a certain threshold it's called a geriatric pregnancy and your (laughs) chances are slim to none rev
1: tell them how many kids you got and how they came (laughs) yes oh my gosh uh i was so concerned about that i had not only was i uh uh getting uh I was past childbearing age. Come on, Sarah. Come on, <laughs> like Sarah, like Sarah in the Bible. And I didn't want to be Sarah. You know, uh, I always tell people I was I was uh, single. My my, my mother in the Lord used to say that. She says I was single as long as Moses was in the wilderness. So that's bless I'm- his name. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and I'm like God. You know. Um, early on, I kept asking God, "When God? When? Where God? Where? Who God? Who?" And yes. Until I became content in my singleness, that took a that took some time because I was I was looking out everyone. Is that him, Lord? Is that him? What you, you know, <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, to the point where I was just like, "Look, perhaps God is not your will uh, that I be married." Uh, you know, my heart's desire. Is to be married and to have children and do ministry, and you know, though that's my heart's desire. But God, I'm I'm giving that over to you. Mm. I, I, whatever your will is for my life, I receive it. And I said it took me a long time to say that. It took God, I was I was trying to say it, but God knew I wasn't ready, I didn't really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I know what I should say. Okay. And I can give lip service to it, but I'm really not there yet. It wasn't in my heart. It wasn't in my heart. Uh, I knew that. God knew that. Uh, I was suffering with uh, endometriosis and the doctors were telling me, you know, you need to go ahead and have some children now, because Mm. if you don't, you won't be able to have children. In fact, my doctor, I've been going to since I was 17, 18. He would say every time I came in, because he knew that, he said the endometriosis was growing and getting, you know, my my um, chances of fertility were getting less and less, the, you know, slim chance. And he would say, you know, nowadays, you don't need a man to have a baby. You can go get Joe Below from the hot dog stand and get you, you know, give you a, be your- uh, A donor, book. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just have a baby. I didn't want that life. I didn't want, I wanted- I wanted to know who my children were by. I wanted to want them to have their traits. I wanted, you know, cause now I on. wanna know who this. Yes. And and nowadays, you know, people have all kind of stuff going on with their uh, <laughs> genetics and everything, right? And so I was like, "Mm, no, no, Lord, I want your will to be done. And if it's not your will, you know, it is, it just isn't. I have to grow up and come to the the knowledge, you know, that maybe that's not your plan for my life. And I'm okay with that because I know your plans for me is perfect. And being in the center of your will is where I want to be. So I had to come to that, right? So finally, after I had become content with my singleness, that's when God brought my husband along. In fact, he was already there. I just didn't know it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so, um, I remember trying to give him to somebody else, you know, you <laughs> know like, what? <laughs> oh, he, cause I was so content. I'm like, oh, he makes somebody a good husband, you know, <laughs> I you know, I didn't know. And so, uh, and, and so anyway, we became really good friends and everything and, um, and, uh, was on the same ministry teams and Bible study and things like that. And I began to be on the same prayer team. And it's dangerous to pray with someone because prayer connects you like nothing else. And so uh, when we began to pray together, we were fast together and became really good friends. uh, Our relationship began to grow. And I love the way that God does things. I wouldn't have considered people kept asking us, are you all dating? You know, like, no, we were just like really the best of friends. And what, what we would call a date wasn't, you know, it was a non-traditional the way that God did because what God did for us was make us to be the best of friends so that we can one, get to know each other, that we wouldn't be distracted by sexual attraction uh, and those types of things that we would be- get, get to know who we were. So we began to be prayer partners, those types of things. We began to pray for each other, a mate. You know, we began to ask God for to give the desires of his heart, my heart, you know, those types of things. And all along, God was preparing us for each other. Mm. I began to watch God, you know, grow this man into because he was, he came to the church later after I did. I was well into the church and spiritual, and he came later, you know, he said he snuck in through the back door, you know. Well. Uh, (laughs) And so, but I watched God you know, take things off of his life and grow him And those. So I tell people, God made him for me because I would not have chosen him, you know, myself because I'm like, oh, he this and he that, I'm, you know. Mm. But as I watched God make this man and I knew that it was genuine, it wasn't even about me. It was about the fact that I, but God was preparing him so that I would know what he had was real because the previous guy that I was dating, He was trying to do some things because he knew that's what I wanted, because he knew, you know, he was just trying to please me. He wasn't trying to please God. So he would be celibate because I was celibate or he would go to church because I went to church, you know, because he knew that that stuff doesn't last. That's temporal because he's doing it for you and not for God. Hold up, Rev, you preaching. I'm telling you right
0: now, you preaching. I know somebody going to be on the, you didn't mess somebody up on the elliptical. Somebody then tripped up <laughs> on the treadmill because I'm telling you, so you you reading them right now. You are reading them right now because it is so hard to stay the course, but, um, but go on. And then, <laughs> you know, you got married yeah. Um, I'm but, sorry, but, I went all off, um, Yes, yeah, but go. but get back to these kids. And so yeah. at, with, with endometriosis and with geriatric age and, and chances of fertility, the, the, the window of opportunity, yeah. you know, close and shut. What happened?
1: Yeah. And, 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 and so <laughs> I have to say that God chose this man because I wrote in my diary, um, with all of this going on, I said, God, you know, that I would like to have twins. I said I want. I would want to have two at a time because my a. I'm old and I don't want to have to. have I want four babies, so let me have two at a time. Uh, and so what I'm saying is, God gave me this man because he's the one that carried the seed for my twins. Mm. Had I chosen him. I would not have chosen him because I did not know. And so when I say that God has satellite, who about to? um get happy in here you go ahead you go ahead like vision god knows what's best for us and if we allow god to choose the confidence in our relationship with the god that we serve then we will have the confidence that know that god knows what the the, uh, doctor kept saying you 38 you know uh, your, your chances are are um, slim to none. And so we, I married this guy. God said, okay, that's a good choice. You married, I married this guy. God gave me, I have to tell you on the next episode where God gave me the assurance that this was the right choice. Cause I still was like, you know, I don't know God, you know, like we were saying, kind of hesitant about ch- choosing uh, because I had been into some, you know, crazy relationships and I wasn't going. I heard uh, that, yes. <laughs> myself came down to tell me, uh, but God gave me a yes, because I, I needed that. And uh, so anyway, went ahead and married. Uh, we got married when I was 38. I got pregnant six months into our uh, marriage. I wanted to have a honeymoon, baby because I was 38 and I was rushing, but God yep. <laughs> was, no, let me give you some time to get to know one another. And so 39. um, I ended up going to the doctor. My husband had all of the symptoms he had. uh, I didn't have any symptoms, pregnancy symptoms he did. And that's uh, so funny. (laughs) It is so funny girl. And so I went to the doctor and the doctor said, it looks like you are pregnant. And he says, he says, you are pregnant based upon the blood test and everything. He says, but it looks like you may be having multiples. Mm. And that's when I remembered my prayer. I had forgotten about my prayer. But God never forgets what we entrust to God. And so now it's like, I don't know if I prayed that prayer because it was what I wanted or if God gave me that prayer because God knew what God had for me, you know? And so either way, you know, that, 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 that diary entry was that Lord, I wanted to have twins and God honored that and gave me, you know, the twins. But God sent the seed, the man that was carrying the seed for me to have that. And even and God was faithful. Even when I went to the doctor, the same doctor said, go get Joe Blow. And every time I, you know, go off, uh, go to the doctor, he said, You ain't pregnant yet. Now he realized that he saw the doctor saw what God did. Mm. And so not only did I have twins, but then uh, after that, two years after that, you know, I had two sons the first time. Then I went back because I wanted two, two girls. Uh, so at 41, I got pregnant again and uh, and then had my daughter. They thought that I was pregnant with twins again because I was so big. Uh, but I only had one daughter, but I went back to get her because uh, I said God promised her to me. So I went back and got pregnant again at 41, well after childbearing years. All, both of my pregnancies were successful, were healthy and everything. Uh, and then I ended up having my daughter.
0: And let me put the sprinkles on the cupcake, y'all, because if y'all ain't shouting by now, I don't know what, because I'm over here eye-dabbing, and I'm like, man, that's such a powerful testimony. But here's the thing. I I hope you were paying attention to what she said. She said, I was in the church. I was spiritually alone. He came in, you know, snuck in the back door as a babe in Christ, and yeah, we connected and things like that. So I just want to make it clear to y'all, not only am I talking to Reverend Naomi, she's married to Reverend Joel. Mm-hmm. God called that yeah. man into ministry Batman. and he was none of that when he was sneaking in the back door so when <laughs> when she tell you God got that satellite vision that's what a confidence is y'all it's mm-hmm. not you know whatever you think you can do can't do too old to do not enough God fills in the gaps. We started this conversation talking about the gaps in the childhood and you didn't have the support and all this, that, and the third, God will make up the difference. God will fill every single solitary deficit. So how is it that you have no faith How is it that you have no confidence? Because it's not up to you. It's not on you. The pressure is not on you. The ball is in God's court. All you have to do is pick it up and run on in faith and in trust. That's it, y'all. That is it.
1: Yes, Lord. (laughs) Lord
0: Jesus. Oh, man. I did Man, y'all, we're going to have to take a minute because I'm telling you, I I feel it. I feel that thing. Man, Reverend Naomi, I'm about to get you back on this show.
1: (laughs) Woo! Confidence vibe. I'm telling you. Good
0: Lord. So... Just so that people know where to find you, um, especially if they're having in struggles or troubles and, and all that good stuff. Cause I know that during this pandemic, you know, many, the counselor docket is is full. People are like, look, I got a full caseload. I, I I'm and I might not be taking any more. So if people do want to engage with you, you know, what are their options for doing that so that people can find you?
1: Yeah. So you can connect with us. We are the um, marriage investors. And you can reach us at www.themarriageinvestors.com. Uh, all of our information is there. You can fill out a contact form and we will respond to you uh, accordingly. Uh, and um, and then you can actually just go to any of our social media handles at The Marriage Investors.
0: Thank you so much for that information. And I just want to leave you all uh, listeners with this scripture that I, listen to Reverend Naomi. And her testimony, which is just so powerful. I want to take y'all to Joel. Oh, man, look at here. Look where we about to end. Reverend Naomi, I'm going to take you to Joel, a book in the Bible that nobody ever reads. It's like the white pages. You'll be like, wait a minute, Joel, is that a book? Did you say Job? I said no, Joel, J-O-E-L, chapter two. Yes 25 says I will restore to you yes. the years that the locust has taken away the Woo. crawling locust the consuming locust the chewing locust the great army which I sent among you and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name lord of the lord your god let me tell you something Reverend Naomi said, "I made some bad relationship decisions, Come and on. sometimes when we make those bad decisions, we feel like I blew my chance. That was it, man. I didn't gave up the best years of my life on some okey doke and some huckabuck. But God said, if you redirect your focus, if you put your trust and confidence in Me, that's I will restore those years. At 39 and 41, you busting out babies like you were 25 year old. God will
1: bring it back, y'all. Yes, God will." God will redeem the time. You hear me? Yes, Yes, he will. Like uh, Maxine Waters, reclaiming my time.
0: Reclaiming my time. So it's not too late, (laughs) y'all. Listeners, if you want to go into 2021 fully in alignment with God's will for you and with the confidence that you know that you have lacked in so many areas, that's what you have to do. You have to turn back to God and run on in faith with what he has called you to do and don't get weary and waiting you know
1: (laughs) us due season always comes due season always comes right that weary don't be weary and well doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not and due season always comes it always
0: comes (laughs) it always comes due season always comes I'm gonna tweet that man Mm -hmm. so listeners if you have any questions comments takeaways reach out to me reach out to Reverend Naomi because y'all got a whole word on this episode and I will see you guys next time have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving and you too Reverend Naomi have a blessed and happy holiday with your family oh
1: thank you same to you same to you Dr. Shantae. thank you so much for having me God bless you it's been real it's real real
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, was I right or was I right? That was so powerful. You know, the Bible says that we overcame in the book of Revelations, it says that they overcame by the blood that is, the blood of Jesus and the power of their testimony. There is power in your testimony. And I hope and sincerely pray that you begin to reevaluate some things that you've lost faith in, that you begin to reevaluate some things that you think that have become too late for you to accomplish. It's not too late. It is not too late. God can restore that thing. And um, I should have said this during the episode, but it was funny that we ended in the book of Joel because Reverend Naomi's husband's name is Joel Mitchell. So just one of my favorite episodes, just a great opportunity to fellowship with another sister and I hope that you guys took this in, that you will replay it, that you will let it encourage you that you will share it and that you will write reviews for this podcast because you know that there are a lot of hurting people in this world. that A lot of people have lost faith. A lot of people have lost hope. And I hope that you will just allow this to be the vessel to spark joy and confidence and a renewed sense of purpose and people, especially after the difficult year that we've had. So I hope that you all have a blessed and a joyous and a fruitful Thanksgiving. And if you haven't registered for the Confidence Series, you can run over and do that at readytobelieve.com. I love you all. Bye-bye.